Come on up, Sam. You ready? Let's do this. All right. <laughs> Thank you, man. Wow. What an honor to be with God's people. To hear an amen. Amen, amen. I just think that's a great testimony that Phil shared earlier about Jesus walking on water. That one, that one just really blows me away. I love it because that's what he's doing all around the earth, amen? And we want to see more, and I believe that we can put faith to work to even believe for more of those manifestations because as they cried out, the one who had power to answer answered that brought salvation to many, many more. And as you know, because I know you guys stay very aware of what's happening around the earth, but that's one of the major ways that God is, a, is appearing in that such a way to Muslim people in the various nations. Either Jesus just appearing and doing something miraculous like that, or, you know, in visions, dreams, angels, excuse me, it's just a very, very special moment in the kingdom. And I know when God started burdening us for the nations that had been touched by Islam, the Islamic nations, all the way back in the 1980s, was something that was so deep inside of us that God was after nations of people. And he still is after nations of people. And we're watching in some very special ways. The first thing I want to say at this moment is it is an honor to be here in this house. It's an honor to be with Phil, Hannah, and, and then Nate and Christy that I get to go to we get to go to lunch with. And I'm glad to have Kathy with me today. And thank you for the very warm welcome that you gave to her. And I appreciate that. And... Uh, as I say always about Kathy, everybody likes Kathy more than they like me. And I've never learned exactly how to change that. And uh, so anyway, it's just some people are just more likable. And that's the way it is. This is the greatest moment ever in the kingdom of God. It is, and I think you guys know that. I sense it moving around inside of this building, inside of your spirits, your souls, your bodies, and uh, it's also a very difficult time. Anybody agree with that one? It's difficult. I mean, 2020 has been an interesting year, and it wasn't even I was so glad that 2020 was over, as a lot of people made those kind of statements, because I thought, well, there hasn't much changed, and best I can tell, it's getting worse. You know, so, wow, what an incredible moment to be alive. But this moment, God looked way ahead from eternity past and saw you sitting here today and saw that you would be alive and that you would be a candidate to bring down out of the heavenly realm everything that he needs to be brought down in this hour. I mean, 
His purposes and your existence and the good works performed, prepared beforehand for you are destined. So you're destined to win. Amen. Just let that one sink in. You are destined to win. I'm going to read a verse much, much later in this message. But we're being moved from glory to glory. That's an incredible understanding. Now, Phil shared with me some weeks ago when he asked that I, if I could come. As this was a special time of just being able to seek God, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. But he had a sentence in there that really struck me, and that was that, you know, we're, we're asking the Father, asking to see through his kingdom eyes. That really grabbed me. To see through his kingdom eyes. Now, the reason that meant so much to me is because 1981, it would have been, when we moved to Shawnee, Oklahoma, never thinking that we would start a church in that place, never thinking that I would ever be involved in pastoring again, because I just wanted to really enter into further into a life of intercession. I wanted to buy a house on top of a mountain in Colorado. Anybody get excited about that? Yes. I still could be excited about that, but it's never going to happen, it doesn't look like. Because that was my goal. I was passing through Shawnee for a short moment of time. But I prayed a prayer. A prayer that I'd never prayed before. A prayer that I never conceptualized how much it could and would change me. And it was this, Father, I want to see what you see. I want to hear what you hear. And I want to feel what you feel. Wow. I had no idea of the burden that he would place upon Kathy and myself to see the kingdom that he was revealing in such glory and power and majesty. But as he would show us these great magnificent things and as he would take us into things in the spirit and take us places and as Jesus would walk into our home and he would stand and he would speak to us and as demons would attack us to change and, and try to steal the word out of our lives. I had no idea that we would become so consumed with him. Not even the things that he's doing. But just be consumed with him. I loved him. I loved him. Kathy and I loved Jesus with everything in us. At that level that we knew at this moment. But we found out the more that we saw him. The more that we heard him. The more that we felt what he was feeling, that we kept changing into where the stuff didn't matter that much, but the Christ was everything. Now, we had said it. I'd said it. We had preached it. 
We'd been in ministry for many years together. We'd seen many special things happen, and God had taken us into a very significant level of intercessory life. But yet he had more, had no idea. I was wanting to live at the realm that I knew, which was the most special realm we'd ever known. I wanted to be able to have him at that level and and release the things that he was saying and once in a while come down and share those things that I was getting on that mountaintop. But the more that he would visit us and the more that he would open this word, the more that we realize that there's a huge kingdom and we don't see down here that the Father has and prayed a prayer that we all memorized when we were so young, the model prayer that his will would come from heaven. Then we kind of left it up to him, but the more that we met him, the more that we realized he's looking to us to appropriate by faith and pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And we began to see that the reason we had never seen some things it's because we had never seen it in the spiritual realm. Well, the first six months that we moved into Shawnee, I refer to it as six months just locked up with God. Because it didn't seem like we could do much except just be with Him. And the more that we were with Him, the more we wanted to be with Him. And He began to change us and we began to see magnificent presences of glory and majesty. We begin to see a, a realm that he was wanting to bring to the earth. The apostolic, the five-fold ministry, those things, I had not a clue about any of those things, but he started revealing it. And Phil said something earlier, this is a place to equip. It's a house of equipping. It's a house, and the more that he showed me what had to be done, the more I became responsible. So keep listening, please. But the more that you hear, the more responsibility you have. That's good Bible. To him, much is given, much is required, much is expected. And, but when you begin to see him, and you begin to realize how much he loves us and how much we love him, and that love is growing, and when you see the passion in the Christ, when you see the commitment of the love, when you see the love in his eyes that absolutely drips with the reality of stuff that we take for granted, where we know that his grace is magnificent, it's wonderful, we know that he died for our sin, when you begin to see the passion in his eyes as he longs for you, as he longs for the lost, as he longs to be something so important and someone so important to you that you just possibly couldn't do anything except obey everything that he said. I have people sometimes ask us the question, why is it that you and Kathy are so always so ready to do whatever God asks you to do or go through whatever some of the things you've had to go through? Why are you so ready to do that? It all gets back to the fact that we love him right? But it gets back and predated even the reality of what I'm saying in 81. Because in 1985, something that began to happen, 75, was this reality that 
he had become so real. And we begin to see the sickness that Kathy had in 75 through his eyes, not through what I knew, not through all the theological training that we had had, not through my want, not through my desire to see her well, but from the pure reality of the passion that was in the heart of Jesus, what he purchased, that she could be well. He was so real. I look back at that and I think, I do not know how. When I see a 25-year-old person, we were 25 years of age. When I see people at 25, I shake my head and I go, I don't know how we did it. It's not, oh, great, how great we were. We weren't great. I have no clue how we did it. Except we met him. We were touched by him. We began to see things through kingdom eyes. Changes everything. And I prayed a prayer one day when she was so sick and the doctor said she was dying. And we were taking such stances of faith that we had no theological basis for other than we had made him Lord. But one day as I was reading out of the book of Exodus and Moses' experience and the people said, Moses, why in the world we told you? We should have just stayed right back here in Egypt. You've brought us out here to die. Something inside of me rose up and I wrote this. The margin of the Bible, I still have this Bible to this day and I don't use it to this day because once in a while I'll go back to read out of it. But I wrote this, God, I'd rather die in the wilderness trusting you than to ever walk backwards from the beauty of your presence that we now know. It wasn't a theological thought or commitment. It was we had been met by a Christ who sent his Holy Spirit into a room when we said, Lord, we don't want the gifts of the Spirit. We don't want to speak in tongues because as a Baptist pastor, I will be fired. But God, we have to have you. We have to have this spirit that you say Jesus wants to baptize us with. I don't want stuff like that. I just want you. And there's something you want to give me. And his name is Holy Spirit. And you want to give him to us to live inside of us. To bring us into all the truth. To reveal to us and disclose to us this magnificent Jesus. That we have been so awed by. But haven't even begun. That was what I haven't even begun to know him. Because his riches are what? They're unfathomable. They're inexhaustible. I mean, it's this incredible Jesus that we get to see. And then you realize, whatever I see, whatever I've experienced, whatever I feel, he's beyond that. And there's the next visitation of his presence. There's the next touch of his hand. Him. When we get to praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Something that comes down is him. Do you know what the ultimate coming down is? Him. To dwell among us. We get to experience him. We just get to know him. Why did Paul cry out to the church at Philippi? I want to know him. 
The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed even unto his death. I want to know him. I believe in everything that God has been showing us in these last weeks before the pandemic situation began and since is the fact that this is a moment where he's just seeking to take us further into himself. Where he's bringing us not into what he does for us or not into what we need him to do for us, but just that we have more of him. He's a treasure. We know that. We'll all say amen to that. We have a treasure in earthen vessels. Folks, I mean, we have a treasure. And sometimes we don't really treat him like a treasure. Sometimes we treat him like he's, he's a squatter. Sometimes we just treat him like, I really don't want you here because you're, you kind of interfere with my life once in a while. No. We get to have a treasure inside of us. Wow. In the beauty and the magnificence of everything that God is. And he becomes more beautiful every day. You know, just think about that girl that got picked up out of the water. I want you to send that to me. All right. Wow. Man, I've had those kind of stories. Preached those kind of things. Seen those kinds of things. That's what he wants to do more and more in every one of our lives. But you know what happens to us? We get into situations... And we get aggravated at God because we're in the situation. God, why are you letting this happen? Why is this? Why not? Why this? And we need to just back off and just thank God for what he's going to do that brings the deliverance the next thing in our lives. We need to be excited about everything that hell would throw our way. Everything that hell would try to steal. Realizing that he's after the word in us. It's not about you. And we take it so personally and become so offended. It's not about you. It's about the eternal word and the plan prepared beforehand that God has done for you that the devil's trying to negate. That's when you stand up and you go, no, I have a destiny in my God. I have a reality of life and power. And we love him more than anything else. Listen. He's taking us further into himself. It's the drawing power of Jesus. We know Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up to the earth, I'll draw them in unto myself. He said, I'm going to do it. We didn't know he never stops doing that. He's just drawing us further and further into himself. And he's perfecting his body, taking us from glory to glory. I want to read a passage of scripture out of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We'll begin in Romans 8, 14. Listen to this. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again. You have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Now listen, 16 again, or 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. I want you to know this. You have not received a spirit of slavery. And there are places probably in all of our lives where we feel like we're slaves. Slave to an emotion, slave to a sin, slave to a situation where things are controlling and manipulating us. 
economies, countries, presidents, and lack thereof. I mean, everything is out there. But the kingdom says, you're not of this spirit of a slave. Everybody say, I'm not a slave. You are in a kingdom family that God is developing into the most powerful force ever in the history of the earth. I want to say this. But it's not a a kingdom that's outside of the king. It's not a kingdom that's trying to use scripture to accomplish things that we think we want. It is a kingdom where the king is saying, I want you to submit totally to me. Where you're not a slave to sin, but you're a slave to righteousness. That I might have my total unveiling of myself in your life individually and in a church corporately, and in my body all over the earth. Listen, Christ wants to be seen through your life. It's not about what you do for him. It's about what he can do through you. And the life that he can live in through you and through you. Now, what does he say? We said he said what in verse 16? You've received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, of course, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That's something that's been such a blessing to me all my life of accepting Jesus as a nine-year-old boy. I've always known He was my Savior. I knew, according to the word, that I had sin. I knew that I was separated. It wasn't because I was so bad. It was because I was separated from life. Now, I was alive and I had emotion, but I was separated from life. It wasn't about just being forgiven. It was about I'm dead in trespasses and sin. And because of that, I'm going to be separated. But I stepped into life. And when I chose life, life came alive inside of me. And when you confess Jesus Christ as Savior, you're just not forgiven of your sin. You have life, the power of God, the same life that was in Jesus that's living inside of you. Everybody say amen. Amen. And you've been adopted as a child of God. In other words, everything... That Jesus has his ours. We're in his family. We're being filled with the reality of his love and the reality of his power. Look at 17. And if children, heirs also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Thank you. Where was I? 17. Yeah. Look at 16 again. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we might also be glorified with him. How many of you can say amen to the, don't do it too fast, to the fact that y'all need to suffer with him? (laughs) I just read it to you. That's what it says though. Now, I said the one while ago, it always gets kind of lumped together from the standpoint when Paul to the church in Philippi said, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed even to his death. I didn't know how joyous it could be to be identified with his sufferings. I didn't get many amens there. Because usually, 
our sufferings are so personal and we interpret them at a human level rather than the spiritual dynamic of what is happening. When God is saying there is a suffering that's on humanity, we tell it all the time. Jesus came to fix what's broken in you. So there's a suffering that happens. There's a reality if he suffered for us that we get to execute the victory of his suffering that when we have something attack us or somebody else has something to attack them, that we have the spirit of the Christ himself living inside of us. We're adopted into his family to say, I have won the victory over that dilemma, over that scheme of hell, and I have come to bring deliverance to you. Is that not the message of the gospel? Amen. Not someday, but this day. Not somewhere out in eternity. Now. Mary and Martha, they made that mistake. They had a brother, Lazarus, who was a friend of Jesus, and they tried to manipulate him. That's a whole other teaching. I won't go through all of that. But they wanted to get Jesus there. And when he got there, Jesus said, No, I told you that, you know, God's going to be glorified. This is for the glory of God. And he said, Well, we, we, know, there, we know about the resurrection, and we know the resurrection. He's going to be lifted up. And here they're trying to teach Jesus correct theology. And you go, yeah, what you know about the resurrection, that's true. But you're missing something. You're missing the whole reason I delayed. Because the delay is going to show you something you would never have known if I'd shown up before he died. Because I would have met your expectations rather than opening up the heavens. And letting you see through kingdom eyes, his kingdom eyes. When he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Not someday, but this day. Not somewhere out there in the future. And thank God it's out there in the future. Because death is going to totally be swallowed up. But I tell you what, Jesus that day swallowed up death. Down here on a human level. Down here on a level that showed that he was there. And where we get them all messed up is where we start trying to interpret things on a human level. One of those things that God said to me during that six-month period was this. He said, Sam, if you interpret the events of today, or he said, the only way, excuse me, the only way that you can interpret the events of today is based on what you know and what you've experienced unless you're walking by my spirit. Yeah, wow, that's right. Wowed me. If I don't know past my experience, and the only way I can know past my experience is by walking by the Spirit. That's why he said you need to walk by the Spirit. Jesus walked by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. Jesus had this incredible, you know, looking, looking, praying, asking to see through Father's eyes, kingdom eyes. Jesus said it. I'm not going to take time to read these verses, but in John chapter 4, Jesus made a statement. He said, you know, I have food to eat you don't know about. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. My food isn't to try to get God to do what I need to do to make my life easier or better. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. So I have to know it. I have to understand it. I have to hear it. He said, that's my food. 
And then he said something in chapters 5, in chapter 8, in chapter 12, 12, in chapter 14. He said this, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I don't start anything. I only do what I see the Father do. I only speak what I see, hear the Father say. I don't want to do anything except what my Father wants me to do. You say, well, that's Jesus. No, that's you. Because he did the plan predestined beforehand. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit set this plan in motion to perfect him in every one of our lives. So his perfection is being worked in us today. Everybody say, I'm being perfected. No, you are being perfected. He's after it with everything that is within him. He's wanting to bring you into that understanding of who he is. Listen, Jesus said, I don't want to do anything except what I see him do. I don't want to speak anything except what I hear him speak. Now you say, well, I have to live. No, I'm I'm talking about just being led by the Spirit. You can be led by the Spirit in everything you do. Was Jesus not led by the Spirit when he worked as a mere carpenter? Was he not led by the Spirit? He was living in fellowship with the Father. When did he learn all that stuff that he said? It was alive. He was the Word. It was living within him. In every area of his life, in every age chronologically of his life, his life, because life was in him, the life that he's given to you, his life, living in you, adopted his sons. That same life that was in him that won every temptation that came at him to pull him down and to break fellowship with the Father, he won it. And you know what he says? He gives that victory to every one of us. The tangibility of Jesus' righteousness is ours. God just said that to me this morning in an 8 o'clock Zoom prayer call that I do. The tangibility of Jesus' righteousness is completely ours. And folks, we need to get excited about that. He didn't win a little bit of victory so you can limp through life till you die and then go to heaven. He is living righteously inside of every one of us today to announce the victory that he had over everything out here in the world. Amen, amen, amen. That means we win, man. More than just a we win. That means we really win. That means, no, how do I win? Because he sets me free from things. But He changes me. Into his very own image. He's not just saving you and your carnality. And you know. I mean I grew up as a Baptist. And I thank God for my Baptist upbringing. I always say that. They taught me to love the Bible. They taught me to love Jesus. They taught me salvation. And I love the Bible. I love the word. All right. And I thank God for that. But I tell you. It was always like. Well you're a dirty rotten sinner. And you're always going to be a sinner. And you're never going to live up to what God wants you to do. And, and you know. Finally you're going to die. Finally you're going to go to heaven. When I realized I'm an heir of Jesus. And Jesus' righteousness is mine. That I've been adopted into his family. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an outcast. I'm not living in some other place. I get to live where? Seated at the right hand of Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Everybody say amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. i got to pull my pants up. They're about to fall down. That would be very embarrassing, okay? All right, you know, very obvious. I had to pull my pants up, but it was serious, people. All right, all right. So here's this incredible Jesus. 
it really gets me when I swallow too much juice for my breath saver, okay? Okay, so where were we? Before I consider 18. Oh, this one was 17. But if children, there's also heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's a powerful series of statements I want to read it again see if I just think I'm having to go through this stuff for no reason but if I realize everything that comes against us is an attempt of hell to keep me from appropriating everything that Jesus has purchased for me that causes me to want to rise up and do something bad to the devil That causes me to want to say, whoa, wait a minute. You've forgotten who I am because, see, that's what happens to us. We forget who we are and what our inheritance is and our destiny is. And there's some things I'd like to quit on in some of these intercessions. But I can't seem to do it because I have seen through kingdom eyes. Because I have seen what it means in the kingdom, what it means to souls. You don't understand how blessed I feel with every testimony that comes out of the Islamic world. With some of the severe trials and attacks that have come against Kathy and myself. And some of the things that, I mean, every one of those testimonies I realize, God, you're honoring those prayers. You're honoring those things. And I'm telling you, from the early 80s, when those intercessions came, to what's been happening in these last, nothing was happening really in the Islamic world in those days. It's radically different because God honors the prayers and the bowls are being filled up. Another thing that God said to me in that six-month period, he said this. He said, Sam, when he was calling us further into a life of intercession, he said, if all the prayers that I need prayed, he talks about it, if all the prayers that I needed prayed have been prayed, the end would have already come. I need my people to pray. I need my people to confess my word. I need my people to give exaltation and adoration. Just like we're doing today. We don't come here just to sing some songs because that's what you do. You guys know that. But may we never grow weary of realizing that every melodic word, every word that goes upward, every string of an instrument, everything that's happening is a testimony of, of exalting a God that's going through the principalities and powers, causing them to absolutely tremble. We sing it. We need to see it. No, you need to see demons trembling. You need to see them bowing before you. You don't need to just think about it and try to imagine it. I'm not big on imagination, okay? I don't try to imagine nothing. Not good English, but you understand. I want to see it. I want to know Him. Power of His resurrection. The fellowship of His sufferings. Being conformed even into His death. Dead in Christ. Alive in Christ. In Christ. Dead to self. Alive in Him. Well, we can read that. Go over to Galatians chapter 2. Wait a minute, I didn't read all of this other. 
Look at 20. Hallelujah. No, 19. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not, with willing, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know what sets our world free? Do you know what brings us through what we've been going through in this election in the last four years plus and all that? And I'm not here to talk politically, but I'm saying there's a lot of stuff happening, all right? And a lot of it's just craziness and a lot of it's a mess. But you know the only way that the corruption is going to get done away with is because of the manifestation of the sons of God. Because you are righteous. And righteousness is going to shine like the sun. One of my big prayers through all of these last months has been, Oh God, something he birthed in me. Don't allow the righteous, those that are really born again people, to act unrighteously in unrighteous ways, to try to get something done, to absolutely bring it not, to, not your purposes, because you want your righteousness to be shown. God, you want glory to be known. You want majesty to be known. And folks, this is a moment where God is saying, no, I'm here to bring these things to back. And all of it has, has been subjected into this futility, and the way it comes into freedom from corruption is because of the righteousness. Well, we said it, I said it years ago. God said, get ready. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening. And he gave me the parable of the wheat and the tares. I'm sure I've shared it here. But the reality, he said, look, and I'd never seen it quite like this. Always for wheat and the tares, it's like, well, you don't take them out. They're there. But ultimately, the righteous are going to shine like the sun, which is true. But God said that day, he said, look, the tares, they're going to reap the greatest maturity. Just like the church is being matured. So that the church will shine like the sun. The tares are reaching maturity. They're going to bear their fruit. They're going to bear the ungodly. They're going to bear what Satan wants. The greatest evil. What he told me years, some years ago. The greatest evil the world has ever seen is getting ready to be displayed. But in the midst of that. That's what releases the judgment of God. We joining with the angels. To see the nations that are not going to someday be judged. But that are now being judged. And the only thing that liberates and sets free is the majesty and the glory of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And folks, God's looking to do it through you. We're always waiting for something to happen out there. No, the righteous are going to shine like the sun. And you're the righteous. And God's wanting these things to come to pass. Amen, amen, amen. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We all know it. Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live. Now, if you're crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Is that not an incredible, powerful verse? I'm alive by Christ. I live because of him. I'm dead. I'm crucified with Christ. We've gone into the baptismal waters, dead in Christ, buried with Christ, resurrected into newness of life. New creation made alive by the glory and the magnificence of God. Listen, folks, there is a day in our future, which is today, 
today that we enter further into this glory of God to be manifest where we begin to shine like the sun, where the absolute demonic realm realize they are treacherously being moved, not to accomplish what, or not for us to accomplish what we want it to be, but for the kingdom of God to come up that shakes every nation no matter what the government is. Amen. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Jesus, He's the one that paid the price. He's the one I want to be like. He's the one that it says we're to have the mind of Christ and the very life of Jesus is to be manifested in every one of us. So we live by what? Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Okay, I want us to go now to um, Galatians 4. Galatians 4.4. 4. Now, I think we all got excited a while ago about the fact that the, the spirit that comes into us uh, cries out, Abba, Father. Once we're adopted, we cry out, Abba, Father, and we have him as our father. We enter into those kind of relationships. This verse just electrifies me all the more, okay? Now, let's look at verse 4, Galatians 4.4. 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, that's basically what we read a while ago. Because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. When I get to be adopted, I don't only then have the right to cry out, Abba, Father. I don't just have the right to have that intimacy. I have it because of that. It's there. But with what Paul revealed in Galatians is so powerful. He said, here, this spirit of the Christ. Verse 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Okay, that's what this means. You've been praying. God, we want to see through kingdom eyes. This verse says, that not only are you not an orphan anymore and you're adopted into the family and you can have personal relationship with Abba Father and you can have a closeness and you can know his love and you can know his grace. But it says the spirit of his son. Let that roll around in you. The spirit of his son has come into you. The spirit of his son is in you. Not just what you can do to cry out Abba Father and love him and boy... He wants you to love him more than you've ever loved him. We've talked about that already today. And I've experienced it. But boy, when I realized this, that the spirit of his son is in me. And the son in me is crying of a father. It means that the purest love the purest will, the purest of all that heaven is, 
is released through my spirit and my spirit, soul, and mind gets to be touched by the Christ himself. Not me trying to get a blessing, but the Christ himself releasing the very kingdom manifestation in my life just like he lived it. In other words, oh, the Holy Spirit was really real. If we go back to Romans 8, it was really real when Paul said, no, when we don't know how to pray in our weakness, the Holy Spirit is in us. He will cry out with sighs and groans that can't even be understood. He'll cry out. He's praying, always making intercession for us. When you realize that the Holy Spirit is in you, but when you realize that the Spirit of the Son of God is inside of you crying, Abba, Father, that the very most perfect will that could ever be prayed can be prayed out of you, that you can really know, no, it's, I'm not just stupid when I don't know how to pray. It's okay to be stupid when you don't know how to pray. You have the Son of God living inside of you. You have this very Spirit of the Christ who's in total harmony with the Father who wants it to come out. Have you ever felt this? Have you ever felt, if you've prayed it yourself, or you've heard somebody with a, the, the, one of the spiritual gift of the gift of tongues, how, and when that gift begins to come, the tongue comes out, there's an atmosphere that begins to change? There's a reality that something is coming. Not from a person to people, but something is coming from heaven. Something is riding in on the living, crystal clear water of life that comes into our innermost being, that flows up and is absolutely being controlled by the Spirit of the living God, but the Spirit of the Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession, living also inside of you to cry out, Abba, Father, that His will would come from the heavenly realm into the earthly realm. Wow. God let us understand how big that is. In that six-month period, I heard God say one day, He said, I love chapter 11 in Hebrews. You do too. It's called by many things, but it's called the roll call of the faithful. All those people by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Powerful. One day, God asked me a question. He told me to read it. I read it, and he said, what made these people different? I said, I don't know, God. What made them different? Because I know when God asks me a question, he wants to give me an answer. You don't want me to guess? I don't know, God. What made them different? They were different. By faith, they received a good report. By faith, they did this. They proved these things. And they didn't get everything just right. They had a lot of missed baubles in their life, and they failed. God's grace was there that lifted them up, just like he does to every one of us. But he said, what, what makes these people different? I said, I don't know. Said they either saw something or heard something other people didn't see or hear. And he said, if you're going to walk by the Spirit, if you're going to be used by me, you're going to have to see things and hear things that other people don't see and they don't hear. And Father sent me here today to declare to every one of us, this is a moment. We started reading up there, in the fullness of time. God sent Jesus. And I'm here to deliver to you today that in the fullness of time, January 24th, 2021, in the fullness of time, for this body, this house, this day, God is coming to deposit in you further the understanding that the Spirit of the Christ is within you, crying, Abba, Father. 
and to give you the capacity and sensitize you further, further, further to the reality that the Spirit of God's Son lives in you who will declare the kingdom realm into manifestation in your life personally, in your family, in this church family, in this house, and in all the worldwide outreaches that it represents and plants into. This is a great moment for you. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I really, I love seeing through his eyes. Because see, the thing of it is, He's inside of you, peering through your eyes. So your eyes that respond in certain emotions and in certain ways because of your knowledge and because of your hurts, because of your strengths, because of everything. All of a sudden, you have something being released through you that's just pure heaven, pure harmony with the Father. Who has entrusted to you his son, not just a treasure theologically, it's a treasure. It's life, life, love, knowledge, wisdom, all those things. want to know him the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed even into his death I had no idea we could love Jesus like we've learned to love Jesus through Kathy's sickness it wasn't because of the sickness it was because of the Jesus we kept running to because I thought, well, for some reason God said he wanted to heal her and we're lucky because he doesn't choose to heal everybody. But I found out that wasn't what the word teaches. I found out when I got in the word, no, Jesus bought all this. He purchased all this. And he wants me to reach out to believe, not to accept. Everybody around me accept it. This is what God's allowing. And if God's allowing it, you just accept it. Believe what the doctor says that her insides are all diseased and black and dying and Needs to come out, and God said no. He didn't want that to happen, and I, I thought, boy, we're sure lucky. But then I found out, no, the devil comes to steal the word, to steal the seed, and we just got filled with the Holy Spirit and the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit walked into our hotel room. We experienced something went way beyond what we knew was possible that met a deep longing inside of our hearts. He was real, more real than we'd ever known him. Immediately, Satan came in to steal that. Because you know what? Satan, boy, we don't want to get, we don't want God to further get a hold of Sam and Kathy. I'm telling you today, the devil wants to tell every one of you, and many of us have bought the lies I have. Many of us have bought the lies. I'm telling you. God's declaring over every one of your lives today. You have this destiny. God has a plan. And every evil, despicable thing that's ever happened to you and attacks you even now 
And every one of your failures and temptations that you've given into was not just about you to make you feel miserable. It was to steal the very seed of God that would cause the glory of God to be known throughout the nations of the earth. That's what he's after. And when I realize that, you have to, no, no, you're not going to take that from me. God has touched us. God has let us know. He's let us know this beautiful word and the reality of what he's wanting. He's wanting nations to come to him. He's wanting this nation, the United States of America, to be radically harvested. To be absolutely, see, masses of people brought into the kingdom of God. And we have to determine, I'm not going to become unrighteous and join an unrighteous side. I'm not going to join any kind of side except the side of God. And contend and allow God to break through in great power. And I believe we're ready to see the greatest manifestation of healings and power and salvation that any generation has ever known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the devil doesn't want you to do things for God. Great things. I'm telling you. You can say, well, God probably not going to use me great. He might use certain people. But I can't. No. Do you understand that one person that you go to? One. Today. Your neighbor down the street. The person you don't even know. That one person. And you share with them the love of God because God's inside of you and you let them become a recipient of the treasure. You've done a great thing. Never minimize that. I had a neighbor. She was not a very attractive girl. She was my age. We went to school together. She was not very attractive. People made fun of her. But I, we got to play together growing up and I... She was a sweet girl. She just wasn't very pretty. People were very unkind. Family was not born again. They didn't go to church. It was terrible, you know. And I wasn't all that friendly to her either. I'd like to say I was friendly in public, but, you know, I was kind of pressured by other people. and I could kind of go along with some of the stuff, but yet she was a sweet girl. And one day in the summer... Vacation Bible School came and I invited her to come. And she accepted Jesus. Just a few months after that, she was killed in an automobile accident. I'm going to tell you, that was a great thing God allowed me to do. When I realized here was a precious person that needs to know Jesus. You're valuable to heaven. Don't, let, don't buy the lie you're not valuable. Don't buy the lie that you can't be used. Realize there's a great treasure inside of you. Jesus wanting to just be in you, to live through you. And oh, I just love it. I love hearing his voice. I love hearing his voice. He wants to speak to every one of us at, the new, at a new level. In unprecedented ways of closeness. The greatest intimacies that any generation has ever known is us. Now that's going to keep going up. But you realize this is a place where God's going to release a greater glory. A greater glory. Hallelujah. 
Father, as we come to this moment, we come saying, Jesus, we want to love you with everything that is within us. We want to love you without pretense. And Father, we want to not just know your ways, but we want to, I mean, not just know your acts, but Father, we want to know your ways. We want to know the intimacy that you have with Jesus. And Father, we put aside those things that easily entrap us. We lay those sins aside. We put them aside to say, Lord, we want to put our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. And Father, you, you only write good stories for your children. Kingdom truths, kingdom realities, kingdom beauty. And Father, I ask, peer through our eyes. Release your life in our innermost being. Father, we want to see with kingdom eyes. And that's a oneness with you that our minds are your minds. Thus our lives are totally, totally swallowed up with your life. Hallelujah. I would just ask that the worship team comes or however you guys may do this at this moment. But Father, I thank you for the holiness of your presence that's with us this day in this place at this time. Hallelujah. I'm seeing a very distinct vision. Brother, going back to the parable of the wheat and the tares, where the righteous are going to shine like the sun. I'm seeing individually out of lives. I'm seeing light, shafts of light and glory coming forth. out of your life. And God's looking to and fro, going to and fro all around the earth today to find those through whom he can show himself strong. His hearts are completely his and loyal to him. And Father, we make that kind of commitment to you today. And Father's going to shine like the sun and I see him shining out of individuals here this day, he's shining, he's beginning to shine. But as the shine increases coming out of each of us, it becomes one expression, one expression of the glory and the majesty and the light of heaven. That out of this body of people and out of this house, that in the individual anointings and glory shining that he will do in each of us individually, 
that further from this moment in this body, that individuals will further come together in a unity, in a oneness, as an organism being absolutely ready to express the glory and the majesty of the Christ. Hallelujah. And as the light's coming out, I'm just seeing this, as the light's coming out of individuals, and as that light grows brighter and more intense out of the individuals, and then it begins to fill up everything above us and around us, it becomes one light, one light of glory and majesty. And out of that light appears Jesus, standing in glory, standing in power, that that unity, that oneness, that glory that's being released because of the identity further and the oneness knowing that he's inside of every one of us crying, Abba, Father, that every one of our prayers, every one of our declarations will become so pure, so holy, so filled with authority, so filled with nothing except him that he will be absolutely manifest out of this body in this geographic area, Father, the tabernacling of the Christ here. Hallelujah. Father, that's what even the vision of earlier, the oil coming down and the, the mist coming down. Father, you're just, those, those do things inside of us. It's been working on us today. And Father, now let the light shine. Let the light shine. Let the preciousness of Jesus, who is the light of the world, find expression through every one of us. Father, we don't want one thing in our lives that, ex that limits the expression of, and releasing of the light of Jesus. Shine through us, Jesus. Shine through every one of our lives. Shine through us together, O God. Shine through us collectively, Father, to create a great shine that allows the Christ to be totally manifested in us and through us. Father, I thank you that as your word says, that you're filling this church, you're filling these believers with that measure of the stature of the glory, glory and the majesty of Christ. Hallelujah, the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. My soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. My soul will sing. My soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Sing. that our soul will sing and make this place an altar. Oh, make this place an altar. Sing. 